The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Finance Minister Michael McGrath will today seek approval from Cabinet on a new corporate tax reserve fund which will cover the higher costs of pensions in the future, health, home care and all of that. Uh, He's going to float the idea today for discussion and uh, presumably it will take off from that point. I'm joined by Michael Brennan, political editor with the Business Post. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, I'm getting a bit confused as to how many rainy day funds we have. Can you explain? Yeah, that's right, Pat. We do have one at the moment. It was set up a couple of years ago, um, but effectively it has a limit of $8 billion on it. And believe it or not, there's $6 billion in it already, such has been the, the splurge and rush of corporation tax in the last year or two. So that's why you're now hearing about talk of another rainy day fund, this time a long-term one that will hold... For example, this year we're going to have a windfall of maybe 12 billion, they reckon, in, in surplus corporation tax receipts. So they, they urgently need to set up a new fund because the existing one is, is filling up and, and they don't think it's fit for purpose anymore. Now, the first fund, the one that will contain ultimately 8 billion uh, when it reaches its completion, what is it allowed to do? Effectively, it's, it's almost like a giant savings account, Pat. It, it's like you would pump all your money into your bank account and you would leave it there in case you had that rainy day event. What the government is thinking now of is that isn't the smartest way to, to invest and, and look after your money if you're going to get billions and billions more. So they're thinking perhaps, and this paper today, Michael McGrath is bringing to Cabinet, will outline it, of a, a Norwegian-style sovereign wealth fund They've managed to put aside about 1.2 trillion euro. They now get loads of interest from it, and that helps them run the cost of their state. So it would be investing the money in companies and and investments. Now, I'm not sure who's thinking this uh, through, but don't we already have a huge national debt of 200 billion? You're absolutely right, Chad. It's it's, it's heading north of, of 220 billion, I think, at the moment. And... So there on is, the one hand, is. you owe money to uh, international bankers of 200 billion, and then you're putting money into some other account, maybe up to 30 or 40 billion, whatever it might be, at the end of the day before these corporate uh, bonanzas dry up. Um, and you've got to compare what interest you're paying to the international bankers versus what interest you might get. Yeah, and you're, you're completely correct. I, I asked Michael McGrath about this a couple of weeks ago, and he conceded that, yes, with interest rates going up and the cost of borrowing for the state, therefore, going up, it might make more sense to use a lot of the surplus corporation tax to pay down the national debt, uh, just like a household would pay off their credit card debt before they'd uh, look after other issues like, the, like they're reducing their mortgage. But at the same time, I think the government will, will look probably, Pat, to do a mixture of things in the budget. They'll, they have so much corporation tax coming in, I think they could afford to take a chunk off the national debt to some extent, put some into a new rainy day fund, and also then use some for capital infrastructure like schools and housing as well. Yeah, and that's where the political arguments will arise, I suppose, as to what the proportion should be in each case. Now, there will be uh, cries from the opposition that it should be spent on uh, building houses, uh, pouring more billions into the health service, etc., etc., etc. But I heard my uh, colleague Shane Coleman this morning saying, no point in doing that if there's not the capacity to actually use it effectively. All you'll do is cause inflation within those sectors. 
That's exactly the problem. Um, we wrote a story recently that the state is now going to South Africa to try and recruit South African building workers. Yeah, we'll be talking about that later on in the programme, Michael, yeah. as it happens, yeah? Yeah, so I won't dwell on that then, but there, there, there'll be more time for that. But that just gives you an example. The construction industry is, is, is going at full tilt and they're desperately looking for workers. So if you do pump more money in, you may get some more houses, but you may also, unfortunately, drive up the prices and, and so on. And, and that, that wouldn't be a smart use of money un, until you can build up that capacity. Now, again, the big ideas, uh, whether or not you uh, maybe electrify rail uh, so you can have very swift intercity uh, transport, whether you extend more darts, even the idea of uh, an underground, uh, any kind of transport that would get you through Dublin City below ground rather on the su- than on the surface, whether it's kind of Lewis type or whether it's uh, dart type, which is much more rapid than Lewis. Uh, what about those big ideas? Will there be those suggesting the money would be spent there for, I suppose, the good of posterity. Yeah, I, I think I think there, you, you'll definitely see some announcement this year about increased capital spending. Obviously, with the Eamon Ryan and the Green influence and in government, you can be pretty sure there may well be some, some of that directed towards those big-ticket uh, public transport projects. But again, you know, the same workers who build houses are often same workers who'd be needed to build public transport projects and, and be involved in engineering companies. So th- there is that issue. But I, I think the government is still confident that they will be able to increase capital spending to some degree because, uh, you know, the needs are so urgent mm. in terms of housing and transport. They, they have to do something more. Now, there is a suspicion, of course, that they uh, are anticipating that they might not be in the next government, uh, that Sinn Féin might lead the next government and that Pierce Doherty can't wait to get his hands on the money. And he'll spend, 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 uh, reinforcing Sinn Féin's prospect of getting a second term. That's the political side of it. But, you know, ring fencing this, it's done by Parliament. It can be reversed by Parliament. It can indeed. And, and there is that political pressure. A Fine Gael source told me recently, you know, we're not going to leave all this money for Sinn Féin to spend when they get into power at the next election. So there, there is that huge push on at the moment for for money to be spent on, on every kind of immediate political demand. But you have to look, I suppose, at, at two of the parties in government, uh, Fine Gael, who proudly boast that they managed to uh, rescue the economy after Fianna Fáil had caused such damage. And then Fianna Fáil have been at pains to say, we've learned from the mistakes of the past and we're not going to do boom and bust again. So I think they both know they can go so far, but they, they have to still retain some element of fiscal prudence. Otherwise, they're, they're, they're both leaving themselves very exposed. Uh, plenty of money, though, for Eamon Ryan for the cycle lanes, I suspect. Oh, absolutely. They, 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 it's interesting on that one, Pat. They, I think the government have, have decided now it's very difficult to bring in, for example, new cycle lanes on, 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 uh, in, in urban areas. So they're definitely going to try and reallocate road space, as, as you've seen around the city and in other parts of the country as well. So that's not that expensive to do. It can be politically controversial, but I think you'll see a lot more of that. Mm. Um, from one of our listeners, Dave, he says, uh, rainy day funds when I'm paying a fortune in the temporary so-called USC tax. How about getting rid of the higher 7% rate and give higher taxpayers a break finally? You know, that temporary yeah. little arrangement of the USC becomes permanent. Yeah, I, I, there's no... Pr- 
book, despite Finnegan's promises a couple of years ago, Pat, to abolish the USC to get rid of it. I think they have made it clear there will be income tax reductions in the budget, but I suppose for people, because of inflation, that will probably only keep their, their earnings as they are. But the corporation tax windfall is, unfortunately, a windfall. You know, it, it, the firm view is that it's not going to last forever. So that, that's the argument against doing big tax cuts, that you could cut your taxes and then the corporation tax will vanish and then you're, you're sunk again. All right, Michael, thank you very much for that. Michael Brennan, who's political editor with The Business Post. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.